The 2024 Subaru Outback is designed to take you anywhere you want to go. And it's available with low 1.9% APR financing with complimentary maintenance included at Subaru of Gwinnett. Discover the many reasons to love a Subaru Outback. Advanced technology features for added safety, tough, sophisticated styling, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and a 2023 IIHS Top Safety Pick Plus. Get out there and go places in a Subaru Outback. Adventure never looks so good. Go to SubaruOfGwinnett.com to learn more. The Sports Today proudly presents The Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Six. Big enough number that almost all of us are going to be affected. Chuck Oliver Show on a Wednesday. Hope everybody's having just a groovy existence wherever you are. Thank you for coming here for college football talk even two days after the national championship. It's year-round. We do it. It'll be a decade this September. Yay, us. Six is a big enough number that almost all of us will be affected. And it's not like it used to be. Now, when I say affected, when I say six... Six is the number of NFL jobs that currently are open. Affected is good or bad. Six NFL jobs currently open. There could be more. I don't know. Atlanta, Carolina, Raiders, Chargers, Titans, Commanders. Truth, most will be filled by current NFL assistants. At least one will be filled by a college guy. That'd be Jim Harbaugh, I believe. Most will be filled by current NFL assistants. And if just blind resume, sight unseen, you asked, hey, Chuck, who from this pile of like the, the top 20 candidates, I would pick out the three youngest, hottest, offensive-minded dudes that are currently in the NFL just spinning gold on Sundays. And I would make that guy my head coach because that's kind of what you do in the NFL right now. Uh, It's not necessarily the best way, but it's the way they're doing it. There's a better way, and I've said this, that that you hire a defensive-minded guy, you get a better cream of the crop of OC, and then you really hand him the keys and say, fine, you're only going to be here two or three years, but just blossom, man, drive this bus. Better way to do it, but instead they're going no, and it's a way more expensive way to do it. But most NFL teams are going for the hot, young offensive guy, it sort of seems. When I say most will be filled by current NFL assistants, um, if it is just six, and that's what we know right now, think one's by Harbaugh. There is a chance that another college head coach gets plucked. And so that would affect Michigan, because even if it's Sharon Moore and everybody else stays, I don't believe that's the case. More about that in a second. Even if it's just Jim Harbaugh that leaves, well, at least one fan base is just overtly affected in Michigan. It's spider webs out from that, though. Um, And I want to say it's not just if an NFL team hires your head coach, such as what I think will happen with the Michigan Wolverines fan base. As far as head coaches, though, there are other maybes from college. 
I'm interested in Lincoln Riley and because that's an NFL and maybe it's going with Caleb Williams as some sort of I don't know package sort of something who knows but that guy can get production from a quarterback and if he could find an NFL assistant and I don't know playing defense in the NFL it is easier you know it doesn't happen in the NFL people don't put up 50 on you on a Saturday if you get hammered in the NFL you probably gave up like 41 Lincoln Riley's like, oh, if I got my quarterback, I can probably do that. So whatever. But he's a head coach, and he's one of those maybes. But an NFL team doesn't have to hire its head coach from your team to affect you. If Todd Munkin had left a program other than UGA, the fans would have been crapping kittens, I can promise you. But it was UGA, and Kirby was so, mm mm-hmm. He interviewed with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. He took the job in Baltimore. Bobo, going down the hall. You get a bigger clipboard and a louder whistle. For UGA and Kirby, he already, I mean, that's part of why Kirby, that, it, that's Kirbying. That's being prepared. That's bringing on Mike Bobo to watch film as an analyst and then be a coach. And then, okay, because he's going to be most OC because Todd Munkin's too hot. That's the bigger threat, folks, is what I just described last year. It doesn't have to be an NFL team with a head coach opening coming to take your head coach. It could be a new head coach assembling a staff or, which I say the bigger threat, six new head coaches will be putting together new staffs. You know what the bigger number is? I don't know, probably 15 other franchises that are looking to upgrade their existing coordinator or replace their guy that just got the commander's either head coaching job or OC or like hashtag Detroit play caller, hashtag Bengals guy, hashtag Raheem. NFL, now this goes back to what I mentioned at the very top here. NFL coaching turnover is nothing new. And it's never been a full-on assault on college staffs. Now, there are things in sports that are pendulum. And it's almost, when I say pendulum, it's almost like one of those things. You ever see on, like, somebody's desk? Got the nine or however many steel balls lined up and just the two on the end move? Um, Sometimes it happens that quickly. And do you know what that is? That's with player's coach or hardliner. If you just had a player's coach, we got to get discipline. So you hire a hardliner. If you fired the hardliner, look, hey, he just, yeah, everybody was on edge. <laughs> practice too hard. I don't know that you can practice too hard now, but it's because of rules. But um, that's a, that, it, that is a ping pong match. Literally, it's, I used to teach and coach in high school. We know that. I used to laugh because three times during my, however many years it was, six years, seven years, uh, a new principal came in. And I'll be darned if every time the new person came in, there were basically, because of the way the principal's office was set up, there are only two ways to align the desk, east or, or south. And I'll be darned if everyone just happened to like the other direction that the previous person didn't have. No, you won't establish something that's yours. And so when I say NFL coaching turnover is nothing new, 
it's never been a full-on assault on college staffs. That pendulum that just kind of swings back and forth, boom, 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 on something like players coach, and then immediately as predictable, you know it's going to be the other choice. You know it's going to be the other choice. It's going to be a hardliner. Um, that's been on, like, personality of a coach. Do you know what has been a much less regular occurrence? There is a pendulum that has swung towards pulling coaches out of college as head coaches. It takes a lot longer, it seems, for that to swing back around. Okay, now we're not on to the NFL assistants anymore. We're to the college guys. Okay, now we're back. It's usually briefer. There's not a huge, I mean, like Bill Parcells was head coach at Vander, I mean, at um, at Air Force. Coach linebackers at Vandy. Um, so that's that doesn't even count as a college head coach in one year. Jimmy Johnson, all right, that counts. So if you're talking about the pendulum, I think we're right on the edge of it. And do you know why? This goes back to something I've said, like the NFL, they've ruined quarterback play. How can all the quarterbacks come? Like people say this, and then I'm like, do you listen to what you're asking? The NFL, how can the NFL, every quarterback coming out of college stinks these days? How can they be so bad evaluating? They can't be so bad evaluating quarterbacks. It's what they're having them do. As soon as the ball touches their hands, they have to get rid of it. We don't want you to get hit. So all of these routes, you have to decide and throw immediately. Well, that's difficult, so they all look bad. They're set up to fail now. It's their fault. Um, it's never been a full-on assault on college staffs from the NFL. I think because quarterback play has gotten so hard at the NFL level because of what they're being forced to do during the games. Snap, as soon as the leather, t- throw it. What? I didn't even, no, throw it! Oh, okay. Uh, teams look bad, and then the coaches get fired after a year, two years. What was the, wasn't it Wilkes at Arizona one year? Yeah, you're fired. What? It was Frank Wright. Did he get a whole year? A part of a year. Like, it's not even a full season. But there are there's like a giant number 10 wash tub spilling over with available coaches who have a head coaching stop in the NFL on their resume, but it's maybe two years. But I got head coaching experience, but I fired you because you didn't win. Well, I, no kidding. I think because that trend has gotten so out of hand, there are guys that may have two or three chances to be an NFL head coach, and it totals eight seasons. I think it's about to come back to college hard. And it'll start with Harbaugh. Could spread this season. It may spread next off, but that's where it's coming. And in addition to everything I just said about what the NFL wants, doesn't matter if the guy doesn't want. It's not that you can't draft the coach. You can draft the player. The difference now is coaching in college, kind of a drag. When compared to being a coach in the NFL, being a coach in college, not much fun. And that is the big, giant, fat point here. College football has always been more fun than the NFL. Not the case anymore, not for coaches. And if you have a downtick in quality, experience, et cetera, of coaches, and I'm talking about coaches who have a choice of where to work. If that goes down, and we've already acknowledged, at least here on this show, that 
throwing a bunch of new players together, no matter how experienced they are, it creates raggedy football. That's why, like, the Major League Baseball All-Star game always looks plenty fine. That's why the Pro Bowl always looked like, do these guys know each other? Oh, yeah, it's football. You can't just put a bunch of talented people together and say, y'all practice some and then look good. College football's raggedy right now. The quality of play is raggedy. Figuring that out, lowering attrition, experience is great. Experience with me and your teammates, that's even better, Michael Penix. When I say me, like Kalen DeBoer, he got experience with me. If the quality and experience of coaches, like the, the good coaches who have a choice, who have always looked at the NFL and go, nah, I'm good. If that goes down and we've already talked about the quality of play is more right folks what's happened to the quality of the game overall now again i'm gonna circle all the way back to one thing i said the way you're affected good by this way you're affected bad is if you're a michigan fan you lose jim harbaugh might roll right along i don't know man there's something about that guy his way works if you're a Michigan fan, you get affected in a bad way. If you are, I don't know, Texas, and somebody comes and takes your defensive coordinator, uh, but well, guess what? Because he says, eh, coaching in college kind of sucks now. I'm going to go to the league. Not as a head coach. New guy assembling a staff's taking me. All right, that's affected in a bad way for a Texas fan. You know who's affected in a good way? Penn State fan. And, and khaki guy is heading to the league. That's good for you, potentially, maybe, perhaps, if you figure out offense. Uh, all right, it's a Wednesday on Chuck Oliver Show. We're going to jump into it next. Now back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. Image likeness transferring college football, maybe, maybe big picture. College football just reached its weirdest point, and that is a major achievement. Big Dave, Uwe Ungalele, that's DJU's dad, Big Dave. There was a tweet last Friday that I saw, but didn't pay attention to the real meat there. And it was about Jaden Maeva, who started at USC. He was going to visit Southern Cal. I was like, well, it's the time to do that. It was sent out by Big Dave, like DJU's father. Um, and I thought it was interesting. And then he committed to Georgia. And now he's committed to Southern Cal. And Big Dave is actually a little bit more part of the story other than just kind of breaking news. Um, so... Yeah, I'm going to say that the portal just reached its weirdest point to date. Oh, the the line can still move. Want to welcome on now UGASports.com. It's a good place to turn. Jed May, welcome back to the program, friend. How are you? Good, Chuck. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Tell me your timeline of Maeva is accepting an offer. He's going to commit to Georgia. Maeva is now committed to Southern Cal. How did you get this news and what were you hearing on your end? Timeline's pretty short. Um, you know, it came out kind of over the weekend that he, he had recently visited Georgia. Like you said, it was down to Georgia and USC and 
on the surface, it looks like, okay, well, why would a transfer quarterback come to Georgia? Because obviously Carson Beck is entrenched um, for the fall. And then he commits and, and all the right things are said. He wants to go to Georgia and learn under Beck in 2024, compete for the starting job in 2025. You know, obviously he's a guy who would add experience to the quarterback room. He's a fourth scholarship guy, which Kirby Smart has said he, he wants to add. Um, so you think, okay, cool. You know, it's not the decision maybe that that we expected, but but it makes sense. And then, like you said, about pretty much exactly 24, maybe a little bit uh, hours later, he, he's going to USC. So then you start wondering, you know, was this a leverage thing where you commit to Georgia knowing you're going to go to USC all along? Did USC just make some kind of crazy late pitch, whether it's NIL or, or playing time or whatever? So, yeah, like you said, it's just – it, it, it's kind of the world we live in now as far as recruiting goes, and it's it's definitely uh, definitely a weird one for sure. All right, and so it's like when Rayola flipped. You know, if you made a comment about it, then that was this is how it happened, and Rayola's going to Nebraska, and that's the end of the story for you. And Maeva, that's the end of the story now for you. What continues to be the story, Georgia's depth chart at quarterback um Carson Beck uh he will return and that's how most of us figure Brock Vandergriff you know he transferred we're like all right Beck's coming back um what do they really feel in the program about Gunnar Stockton you know I think he's a guy who he, he's kind of a little bit in a situation that Beck was in before last year just he's a guy who's taken a lot of practice reps a guy who knows the offense in and out, and now he's in a position to where he's the backup. He's taking those, you know, those second team reps as opposed to third team scout team reps. So, you know, another year he could be the starter in 2025. I mean, to be honest, he he had some ups and downs in the Orange Bowl. You know, he he had some, um, you know, passes that weren't super accurate. Which he, he's still a young guy. He did show what he could do with his legs. So, um, he's got potential. He knows the offense. And, and I truly think, I mean, next offseason, the quarterback competition is going to be wide, wide open, whether it's him, Ryan Puglisi, who's a freshman, if, if anybody else transfers in um, between now and then, it's going to be wide open next offseason for sure. And Gunner, just from an experience standpoint, probably had to be considered the favorite, I would say. Jed May, UGASports.com. He knows what it is when it comes to the dogs. Uh, you mentioned the – this is a heck of a pivot. Um, Rayola says, I'm going to Nebraska, and Kirby's like, we'll take the four-star who's ranked 10th overall. I was like, okay, that's that's nice. But there's a second quarterback supposed to be coming in by just general thought. Is that a true thing, that there's a second quarterback? Uh, and who will it be specifically? Like, what is a target? Well, it, it's, it's Kirby Smart wants to get to this whole – this, this four scholarship quarterback number, but it's it's hard because you can bring in a receiver transfer and say, okay, we'll we'll work you into the rotation. You can bring in a running back like Trevor Etienne, say, okay, you're going to split carries. You you can't bring in a quarterback, especially with George's current situation with Carson Beck, and say, yeah, we're going to work you in. That's just not the nature of quarterback. So you have to find a guy who likes your program, and you just have to sell him on the development of, hey, come here for a year, get better, and. Like all, you, all you can promise a guy really at this point is you'll have a shot to win the job in 2025. That's that's really all you yep. can do at this point. So, you know that honestly, if you're a guy in the transfer portal, a lot of these guys want to go somewhere where they can start right away because they've already been in college for a year or two and they want to to see the field. That's why Brock Vandergrift went to Kentucky. He's been at Georgia for a long time, and he wants to see the field. You know, imagine if. 
it would make a lot of sense for Brock Vanegar, for example, to go to say, you know, like Alabama, say, okay, I'm going to learn for a year under Jalen Milrow and then play. No, he wants to play. He wants to play now. He's been on the bench for three years. So um, it, it's a very fine line to walk when you're talking about transfer quarterbacks in general, just because there's only one on the field and all those guys want to play. All right, last thing for you. About a year ago, whenever it was, they played Vanderbilt last season. And I remember after the game, I was talking to a buddy of mine, a Georgia fan. I was like, Dylan Bell, y'all may have something. He was like, mm, Vanderbilt. Um, they may have, year and a half later, they may have something. Might they in Dylan Bell? Like, he's really as top of the, the rotation as anybody. At rah, rah, whoever, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in, those, in the Orange Bowl, he made a couple of great, you know, not just catches, but contested catches, which is something – you know, with with Marcus Rosemary Jackson probably gone, you need that bigger bodied guy, and and Dylan Bell certainly is that. He can block. He we saw him play running back this year, so you know he's a great athlete, um, and and he's a guy who you can obviously as they did this year, you can do a lot of different things with. So yeah, I would expect a big year from him next year because he's he's a different guy than Dominic Lovett. He's different than say a. Um, you know, he, he's different than London Humphreys, who they brought in from Vanderbilt. Um, so, yeah, he, he's kind of a unique specimen in that receiver room. And, yeah, I would expect him to, to uh, you know, definitely play a big role in that offense in 2024. Jed, appreciate your time. Thanks so much, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Jed May, UJSports.com. Truist Bank got a solution for your banking needs. We got a Truist reporter for your program, Georgia. Jed May, UJSports.com. So, Dylan Bell. Uh, really good looking. When I say good looking, like I always like a receiver that if you're just a pure speed guy at corner, you better back off the line of scrimmage. Now you don't have to be Julio Jones at Miami. Okay. I mean, excuse me at, um, at, at Alabama. Um, you don't, I was thinking way back like Michael Irvin. Uh, you don't have to be big giant guy like that, but Dylan Bell is like 215 pounds and likes to be physical a thicker kid north of six feet that's what got my attention not necessarily that he blew up the commodores um and then after last season including the orange bowl but after last season big plays throughout the year getting in the end zone um just a really good looking young receiver There are hundreds of families who need help with their loved ones. As part of our Subaru Love Promise, Subaru of Gwinnett has partnered with Plan Pethood to help with animal transportation, adoption fees and clinics, and outreach vaccine clinics to help create a better world for animals. We've supported over 320 animals, 541 vaccinations, and 211 microchips during our Subaru Loves Pets Month initiative. To learn more about how we support our furry friends, go to SubaruofGwinnett.com. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. AccentRoofingService.com. 
football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. regarding coaching, movement, hither and yon, whatever you call the title of the guy coming in versus what his actual duties are. And I've talked about Auburn's going to hire somebody we call an OC. It's going to be like part of the reason they're hiring a new coach is because Hugh Freeze like, nah, I'm going to do this. Um, I guess it was maybe Monday night it started coming out. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, Roberts is leaving. But when he fired Montgomery, I was like, but Roberts stays. Um so Hugh's doing all of that. Here's what we do know. Kevin Steele's like, he made a choice and an announcement virtually no coach makes. He's like, I worked 40 years in my industry. I'm going home. Good for Kevin Steele, man. Boy, we thought Nick Saban undershot when he hired him last year. Turned out pretty good hire. I want to welcome on right now. Good friend of ours, 100.9 FM there in Tuscaloosa. It's Ryan Fowler. Ryan, welcome back. How are you today? I am doing great. Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on this morning and, uh, uh, started to talk about college football with you guys. Kevin Steele was a coordinator in playoff game. And um, I don't know that when we looked at the coordinators, either in the offseason when the hirings were announced on either side of the ball or maybe even a few weeks in, um, we weren't looking at him as so super duper. Uh, what is your take, your report card on Kevin Steele and his 2023 defense that he put out there? Well, you know, because we were hearing a lot of names over here prior to Kevin Steele, you know, being the named. And uh, compared to those names, Kevin Steele was like an A-plus hire uh, over Todd Grantham. That was a name that we kept hearing here in Tuscaloosa uh, quite a bit. But uh, Kevin Steele came in, and I think he fixed Alabama's defense. Uh, if you look at tackling, they were much better there. And I, I thought when you see Nick Saban divide up the responsibilities – and you saw that Kevin Steele was a roamer. He didn't have a position. So he you know, he would go to the defensive line. He would go to the linebackers. He would help out with secondary if needed, uh, outside backers. I think overall this was a, a pretty solid unit compared to what they lost last year. Will Anderson, Henry Toa Toa, Jordan Battle, DeMarco Hellams, Brian Branch, uh, Ricks at Philadelphia. And I think I'm leaving even somebody else out when you look at it. Um, that defense was gutted last year. And this defense was one of the most respected in college football. And I know that the last play, um, when you look at the last drive, given up uh, that Michigan just drove right down the field in just a short amount of time, is something that, you know, it didn't set well with Alabama fans. But overall, uh, Kevin Steele, to me, I have to give him an A. Uh, with everything that you lost and then everything that you were able to do uh, on the defensive side of the football is uh, was special. This was a great season, I guess, for him to go out on on his own. All right, so what does Nick Saban do now? Uh, in-house, does he go down the hall, or does he kind of um, open up the Rolodex? Tell you what, I've, I've been highly impressed with Tavarius Robinson because I've tried to give him as much credit as possible when you look at that secondary, because you know a lot of the players that I mentioned a couple of seconds ago, you think about the secondary uh, that was supposed to not be a strength, and it ended up being a strength. Uh, I think the job that he's done on recruiting, the job that he's done on the field, uh, impressive. When you sit down, and that's one great thing about media days, we get to sit down and visit with coaches, uh, even not just coordinators, assistant coaches. Uh, I waited in line. 
Uh, you only have 55 minutes, and I probably waited in line for 10 minutes to get an interview with T-Rob. But the seven minutes that I sat there and talked with him, uh, just blown away. Now, obviously, I'm not Nick Saban, uh, but I almost wonder. Lane Kiffin teased us a little bit about uh, whose defense it really was. And he said that Tavarius Robinson was calling plays. Remember that back in October? And everybody thought Lane Kiffin was trolling. I almost wonder if there was some truth to that because it seemed like that there was, he was more involved than just a position coach. Um, Kevin Steele was in the box. T Rob was down on the field. Uh, I think it would probably be, you know, it, it, it seems automatic, but nothing's automatic with Nick Saban. Uh, he's going to go through the process, and, you know, there's some quality defensive coaches out there. Uh, but also keep in mind, there's a heavy recruit by the name of Ryan Williams. Yeah. That's a big debate right now. And that relationship uh, with T-Rob is, is something that I don't think it'll it'll factor in, but it almost, in your mind, it almost has to uh, because he's a generational top talent wide receiver. He is a five-star kid, and he reclassified, and he's like, hey, I'm available. Um, and so you don't want him to go to Auburn, and you want him to go to Alabama. Um, and as you said, T-Rob is his primary recruiter. Weird thing. Well, not weird. Nick Saban, he can do it because he's Nick Saban. Um, he never seems to have as much urgency to his hires as we want him to. Uh, is it maybe a different situation to if he's going to name – uh, Traveris Robinson, is it maybe a different situation to do that before signing? You got ten days until Ron Williams makes his official visit here on campus. Um, I, I would kind of circle that as a timeline, and even though we may not know, they may know in the building. Uh, generally, the way that Alabama does it is Josh will send out a message somewhere, you know, in late January that these are the coaches because they have so many that go through. Right? I mean, you've already got a replacement. And Coleman Hustler that went to Mississippi State, so you got a you got a vacancy there. Um, there could be some others. I mean, I've heard a lot of rumblings out there. You've already got Holloman Wiggins on the wide receiver side. Yep. You know, do you do you mix some things up there? Uh, generally, it's one email. So no, Nick Saban is not getting a hurry. And you know, somebody will probably have to break the story uh, as they hear more rumblings. But uh, I think January the twentieth, going into that big, un- uh, excuse me, official recruiting weekend. That would be something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't know. It's just for information's sake. Like when Nussmeyer went to Michigan, it was like he chose to go to Michigan on his own. I was like, mm, yeah. Saban's got to be really unpleasant to work with to go to Ann Arbor. Um, not that it's not a great program, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, Holman Wiggins, well, he's at A&M. That's a, if you hire somebody as receivers coach at A&M, wow, that's a great spot. Did he go there on his own or was he told, hey, won't you find a job? You know, I know that he wanted the offensive coordinator role uh, last year, that, that he thought that maybe he could have got more consideration uh, from the people that I've spoken to. I almost wonder if that was a little bit, you know, in his mind. Um, the, the one thing that I look at Holloman Wiggins is, you know, Alabama had that great run of wide receivers. Really, they, they, they've been a little slow in developing some of these guys. Um, and the other part that I look at with, with Holloman Wiggins is retention. Because when you look at the wide receivers that have hit the transfer portal, it's quite a bit. You start going through the list and you're going, wow. So is there something there? Is there a disconnect? I don't know. I mean, I'm just asking a question as a a media member. Because you start looking at the math, um, the guys that he's brought in at that position, 
for some reason, they're not able to connect it. Is it a good hire for Texas a and I'm not trying to take anything away from it uh, here, but I think you can do better. Uh, I, I think when you look at Holloman Wiggins, uh, pretty pretty solid when you look at the wide receiver side of things. But uh, uh, overall, still not where Alabama need to be compared to the talent. I mean, if you look back at Jamison Williams, bailed about a couple of years ago. Uh, Jermaine Burton certainly had a great season this certainly. year. Yeah. Uh, but you, you you need to develop some of those guys because you you're recruiting you know major five star players. So just kind of keep an eye on that. I I didn't think it was that big of a loss, but it it may end up to be depends on who they can find out to replace this guy. Wrapping up, Ryan Fowler, Tide one hundred point nine FM. Um, I don't I weirdest thing, but then I was like, no, I guess it's not weird. You just want to win. Um, I had an Alabama, just a friend of mine. He's not media or over there or whatever. Just He's a fan, big-time fan. Um, he wants Jeremy Pruitt to come back. And I was like, do you know, like, he's got official stink on him. I talk like, oh, this guy's got stink on him because of rumors, and so maybe he won't get hired. I, no, no, he's got like a six-year official thing on him. Um, do Bama fans still do? Do you ever get a call about Jeremy Pruitt from any Bama fans? Oh, all the time, all the time. And, you know, I knew, I do know that he's appealing uh, some of that NCA stuff, and, and we'll see if that gets reduced. Um, you know, when you think about what's happening currently in college football, I think it's a disgrace when you think about the NCA. Uh, when you think about, you know, the, the amount of things that he truly has evidence with, and I also think Tennessee threw him under the bus, right? I mean, oh, Tennessee got themselves some worked. It did. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, they did. And, and I think it's, you know, it's kind of like Jim Harbaugh. Once you become in that crosshairs of the NCAA, it's it's almost like there's nothing to do to get out of it. That's why I think you'll see him go to the NFL. Uh, but listen, uh, I think Jeremy Pruitt's one of the best defensive minds out there. And with his ties back to Alabama, do I ever think Nick Saban would do it in the immediate future? Probably not. Um, but, uh, you know, he'd like to see him land back on his feet. Uh, he's a quality football coach. and I always respected Jeremy Pruitt. I think at times... He was better than, than Kirby Smart in certain areas uh, here in Tuscaloosa. Did you hear – I don't – you hear stuff. It's easy to hear stuff. Is this official? Maybe it was. Um, did Saban offer Pruitt an analyst position, I don't know, back before the season maybe? I heard a lot of rumblings. I don't know anything officially. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I even think that, uh, you know, before maybe the NCA started kind of hammering down, I even think that there may be a bigger role. Uh, not just off the field. I thought uh, there's a lot of rumblings here. I mean, listen, it was too strong for it not to be something. Uh, now, I don't know if Greg Sankey jumped in. I don't know if they said, wait and see. Let's wait and see the NCA. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where the appeal goes because somebody's going to grab him up. He's too good of a football coach to be on the sidelines, and, and especially when you compare with what's happening now. And I understand that happened then, uh, but you start reading some of those allegations and you're going, and they're doing what in college football? Yep. I mean, he got a six-year show calls. I think what was the total value, around $60,000, was all the different parking violations and all these different level ones. And, and the high-level even... mark for one kid was eleven grand, I think. Yeah. And so you think about that kid even gets you like a backup long snapper, right? I mean, that's just where college football's at. So uh, if we're going to – you know, look at college football, uh, the NCAA, hopefully that bunch will fall apart very, very soon. 
All right, last thing, I'll let you run, Ryan. Uh, Ryan Fowler, 100.9, Tuscaloosa. Um, like yesterday, we were talking to a guy, a good friend of ours, who does afternoon drive up in Ann Arbor. And last thing, I was like, all right, let's talk about upstate Michigan State, what's going on in East Lansing. Um, cast an eye towards Auburn. Um, what is your conversation daily when it comes up? Is there is there amusement? Is there a quizzical look? Um Hugh Freeze was on kind of a heater, like literally right up to the moment of fourth and one, uh, 31. Um, now he's fired a couple of really expensive coordinators. Um, and I don't, I've heard something that Coach Caddy may leave. Um, tell me, I have to. Oh, you have as well. Okay. Tell me, yeah. tell me, give me your take, your flyover of this. Well, you know, when you look at Auburn for a couple of minutes. I mean, no doubt, Hugh Freeze is a quality football coach. And you think about Nick Saban, who tried to hire him a couple of different times. Uh, it, it's it's all about that organization. Can he get that? And can he get a quarterback? You know, is Peyton Thorne really his guy? Or can he go out and get a big-time quarterback? Uh, because now Texas and Oklahoma comes into the league. And I, I guess when you look back at Hugh Freeze, I was wrong. Because I said he was going to beat somebody that he was not supposed to be in 2023. Uh, that he probably wasn't going to win the eight, nine games that a lot of Auburn fans were expecting. But I thought that he would beat somebody that he was not supposed to beat. And really, that didn't happen. If you told me that he was going to have a losing season, I would have said, no, nah, come on, not not year number one, not year number one. So I think Hugh Freeze is, you're already seeing it, right? He's got to take charge because Auburn is not known for patience. Uh, will he get three or four years? You would think that they would be patient, more patient than, than they've been in the past. Uh, but you think about Alabama, Tuscaloosa next year, that's probably a loss. So could he be coaching if he goes 0-3 uh, against Alabama? So when Alabama makes a return trip to Lee County in 2025, could he be coaching for his job? Probably so. I mean, just based on the track record. Uh, when you look at Hugh Freeze, it does grab you a little bit that he's going to take over that play calling responsibility, but why not? I mean, he's one of the best offensive minds in college football. My goodness, how quickly you get there. Ryan, appreciate the insight. Uh, always wonderful stuff. I appreciate your time, man. You are more than welcome. You guys have a great morning. Thank you. Boy, he's good. Ryan Fowler, 100.9 FM there in Tuscaloosa. Now, I want to. I, I say this all the time, and mostly it is because I'm very transparent. I don't try to break stuff anymore. I think, like, the last – I remember I had – as inside information as you could that A.J. Green was going to get a two-game suspension, and then it got changed to a four-game suspension. I was like, I ain't breaking stuff anymore. Um, and so I, I always will preface something with, hey, it's easy to hear rumors. <laughs> Ryan's like, yeah, I heard it too. Mm, Coach Caddy was viewed as the number one recruit for Hugh Freeze. <laughs> he may have even said that. Uh, I don't know that Coach Caddy is viewed quite as the number one recruiter. I don't even know if he's going to be on staff in spring. Don't know that he's not, but like I said, I usually just say that as a precursor, and then, oh, that's interesting. Let's talk about what could be. Ryan's like, yeah, I heard that too. So apparently they don't go out and get wings and beer together very much. Um, and there was a certain, I don't know, again, wasn't there, but here's the same stuff. Uh, a certain environment of walking into the coach's office, looking around and going, by God, we're doing things my way now. And which if you're the head coach, that's how it's always supposed to be. You're the head coach. So go be the head coach. Um, you don't have to declare it or fire a bunch of people for that to be the case. But 
that is where you may be. And we'll see announcement. Like I said, I and I started the show with this today. We were talking about coaching stuff. I said, it's specifically with Auburn. I was like, they're going to hire a new coach and maybe call him an OC, but it's going to be Hugh Freeze. I was like, I don't know what position the guy's going to you know, necessarily be in charge of, but he'll be an offensive assistant. But Hugh Freeze is going to run the thing. Um, and Philip Montgomery was announced as fired. Whereas Ron Roberts, like Monday night ish, it started like, "Hey, he's going to go to Florida." And by the way, doing that—that's official now. Has Heath? Uh, did either the school or the coach like that's official? Is that announced now? Uh, I will check. I don't know if they sent out the release on it or not. Okay, well, that started about Monday night that Florida was going to hire Ron Roberts away from Auburn. Not that he was fired. And sometimes there are contractual reasons. You'll tell a guy if you get interest. Sometimes you're not going to fire a guy, and he gets pried away. And in this case, you look at Ron Roberts, and he is now executive head coach of the defense, and the is in the title. Not of of the defense. So that is what you have in Gainesville now as an executive head coach of the defense. And Auburn doesn't have a coordinator on either side of the ball in title. They don't have one on the defensive side of the ball really at all, I don't think, unless he's named someone in the last two hours. So apparently DJ Durkin's there for the taking, too. For the record, there's not been a release by Florida that we can find. Okay. And so I, you see this all the time that everybody said, hey, this is about to happen. I kept waiting to see that Robbie Ashford in the portal thing. And then I saw it, and then I was like, well, no. Um, so I always wait to see if it's official. This is going to be announced at some point. Like, you can't find anyone who says it's not true. It's just not official yet, but they don't have a coordinator. And for whatever you care, signing day coming up. Like I said, we just talked about Nick Saban. He didn't care about signing day. I'll tell you who the coordinator is when I tell you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Continue on this Wednesday next. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. You know, we knew what the goal was at the end of the day, and so it just kept pushing us. Even though when we went through adversity, we knew what the end goal was, so we just kept going. We knew we kept going. We knew we had unfinished business. That's what we said when we came back. And business is finished. Blake Corm. He went north of 100 and got the end zone twice. He did his part. He did his part Monday night. He did his part whenever he played. But Blake Horm's stud, man. Um, and he came back and he produced and he's going to get the payoff himself. And he has been, he's gotten some payoff. He's also, like, we had, um, oh, uh, we were talking uh, Michigan football win yesterday, uh, as a matter of fact. And the story about him organizing a toy drive, 10,000 toys. All these folks show up. 1,000 people show up because of Blake Horm. There's another story, and you saw this a little bit throughout the uh, college football season, that uh, the redistribution of name, image, likeness to teammates. And so Blake Corum did that with some of his money. So just an A-plus kid and a great, great college player for a giant program. Um, and now he's off to the NFL. It's interesting to me how a team that went 15-0 and started the season like, I don't know, number five in America or four or three or wherever they were, 
they were successfully able to play the disrespect Michigan versus everybody card. We had adversity. I was like, what was that adversity? Was it the Nebraska game? Like your coach getting suspended and you responded the way you did. That means it wasn't very much of a problem. Like it was 96 to 16 the first three games of the season. I don't think that's adversity. Heath, what's up? Just a couple of quick things here, Chuck. One, uh, I, I I know that we feel like we've done this before, but I'm sure this is going to be the hearing that solves it. The uh, the House Subcommittee on Innovation, Data, and Commerce, according to On3 Sports, will hold a hearing on name, image, and likeness on January 18th on Capitol Hill. It'll be the 11th congressional hearing to discuss NIL. What do you think, Chuck? This is the one that gets it done? Um, New no, policies, but, regulation, no. comprehensive structure for solving all this i will give bill hancock credit um (laughs) if you remember his opening statement from whenever i a month ago two months ago he says uh thank you for having me here i know how busy y'all must be i was like shot from bill hancock yeah i just this was it's like okay guys at 12 13 4 i'm sure something will happen any minute also uh, they're trying to create something called the uh, irrelevant bowl chuck the uh, folks that run mr irrelevant want to match up the two worst teams in college football next year they say they're looking for a venue this year would have been Vanderbilt and Akron, they say, the 2-10 and 10 versus 1-11 and 11 matchup. Uh, there might be a worse idea we hear in college football this year, but I'm not sure what it could possibly be. You get opt-outs for regular bowls. Yes, I'm sure loads of dudes want to come to be mocked in the irrelevant bowl. I'm sure that's something they'll be signing up for left and right. Yeah, that would be like an even lower-tier version of the blue-gray game on Christmas morning, I believe. All the kids who didn't make a bowl, which now like 88 teams do. So, all right, we'll take a break. Back after next. The 2024 Subaru Outback is designed to take you anywhere you want to go. And it's available with low 1.9% APR financing with complimentary maintenance included at Subaru of Gwinnett. Discover the many reasons to love a Subaru Outback. Advanced technology features for added safety, tough, sophisticated styling, standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, and a 2023 IIHS Top Safety Pick Plus. Get out there and go places in a Subaru Outback. Adventure never looks so good. Go to SubaruofGwinnett.com to learn more. Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. 